You're listening to the voice of the future, fighting for America every day. This is the conservative crusader. And here's your host, GOP Josh. Hello and welcome to the conservative crusader. My name is GOP Josh. Thank you for tuning in. We have a major amount to get to today. A lot of news to get to a lot of important topics to get to pertaining to me specifically. We talk a lot about Donald Trump being banned, Marjorie Taylor Greene being banned, these Alex Jones being banned. One thing we don't talk a lot about is is myself getting banned because usually that doesn't happen. I'm usually pretty safe on the internet. Not saying enough to get me banned. Like on YouTube, I've had my podcast taken down once on my 9-11 podcast last year was taken down. But other than that, I've been pretty, I've been smooth sailing on YouTube on on the podcast, on all these other platforms, on Twitter, on Instagram. What if I told you that changed today? I woke up this morning to an email from YouTube. Hi, GOP Josh. Our team has reviewed your content, and unfortunately, we think it violates our misinformation policy. We've removed the following content from YouTube. It's my interview with Neil Peterson. We know that this might be disappointing, but it's important to us that YouTube is a safe place for all. If content breaks our, breaks our rules, we remove it. If you think we made a mistake, you can appeal and we'll take another look. Keep reading for more details. How your content violates the policy. Content that advances false claims that widespread fraud, errors, or glitches change the outcome of the U.S. 2020 presidential election is not allowed on YouTube. Your channel now has one strike. You won't be able to do things like upload, post, or live stream for one week. A second strike will prevent you from publishing content for two weeks. Three strikes in the same 90-day period will result in your channel being permanently removed from YouTube. So I submitted a repeal, or an appeal, an appeal, right. I said, I'm going to check this out, I'm going to see what happened, and, and I began the review. They don't give me exactly where the channel violated the policy. They don't go in depth and explain. This is why we took you down. This is what you said that was false. Here's something that proves it was false. They don't give you a chance for rebuttal. They give you a chance to possibly appeal. They gave you a chance to possibly appeal. Which I did. I left an appeal. They have not reviewed it yet. I'll let you know when they do. But if you want to see this interview, if you want to hear this interview that has been taken down by the left, taken down by big tech, taken down, because obviously there's information in there that they, they, that they don't want you to know. They don't want you to know about an independent candidate for governor. They don't want you to know about his policy. They don't want you to know about what he thinks. They really just want to make sure that you know that DeWine's in the race, Nan Whaley's in the race. DeWine's going to win, Nan Whaley's going to lose, and there will not be a third party involved. So listen to the interview. It's on my Rumble page at rumble.com. Uh, search GOP Josh. If you go to gopjosh.com slash interviews, you can see for yourself the, the taken down video. It'll say, this video has been removed for violating YouTube's term of service. Click watch on Rumble, the button beneath it. It'll pull up our Rumble stream, hit the subscribe button, hit the plus button underneath it, and then watch the video. 
You can even leave a comment if you'd like. But that is our censorship by big tech. Opposing us, opposing what we say, opposing what we do. And I like to say, if you made an enemy with big tech, if you made an enemy with a big tech, we're on the right side of history. So we are going to move on, but I did want to talk about that because obviously it involves me specifically when it comes to big tech. And I know going into the future, into my interviews, I'm going to ask a question about appealing or repealing the ability for people to censor on social media, for YouTube to be able to censor anyone who publishes on their platform. So we will talk about that in future interviews. And when we learn more about what happened, we will talk about that as well. Just like when the committee for January 6th thinks we learn more about what happened on January 6th when they just spread their false, their, their fake news. The House Select Committee investigating the Capitol riot on Thursday detailed how former President Donald Trump tried to pressure his vice president to join his scheme to overturn the presidential election and how Mike Pence's refusal to put his life in danger as rioters called for his hanging on January 6th. Two witnesses testified at Thursday's hearing who advised Pence that he did not have the authority to subvert the election. Former Pence attorney Greg Jacob and retired Republican Judge J. Michael Luddig. Those are the two witnesses that testified. The committee walked through how conservative Trump attorney John Eastman put forward a legal theory that Pence could unilaterally block certification of the election, a theory that was roundly rejected by Trump's White House attorneys and Pence's team, but nevertheless embraced by the former president. Trump was told that Eastman's plan was illegal but tried it anyway. The panel tied the Mike Pence pressure campaign to the January 6th violence. Uh, The danger to Pence was real as the mob got about 40 feet away from the vice president. Uh, Eastman wouldn't take no for an answer on overturning the election. Eastman emailed Giuliani about receiving a presidential pardon after January 6th. The star of Thursday's hearing was not in the room. The star was the, star was the former vice president, of course. Luddig turns part of the hearing into a lengthy con, uh, constitutional seminar. And American democracy is on the line. And we're going to talk about that a little more later, the American democracy part. All this hearing is doing, a very, very, very small minority of the protesters on January 6th made it into the building. An even smaller amount of those protesters caused any sort of violence, caused any sort of attack on the vice president, attack on the country, attack on the body of of the Senate, of the House. But this small minority... As the left is, by the way, we're the silent majority, but the small minority being louder than ever, the small minority attacks us and attacks us because of this the, the, the few bad people who made it into the Capitol. That's all. And we've, we've heard a lot from the left about Jenny Thomas, um, Clarence Thomas's wife, and how she she was involved in the stolen election and, and he needs to be impeached from the court. Jenny Thomas, wife of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, is eager to appear before the Congressional Committee investigating the January 6, 2021 attack on the U.S. Capitol. She told the Daily Caller news website on Thursday. Thomas was responding to comments by the committee chairman, Democrat Benny Thompson, suggesting that the panel would seek her testimony. She said, I cannot wait to clear up the misconceptions. I look forward to talking to them. 
The Washington Post reported earlier this week that the committee had obtained emails between Thomas and attorney John Eastman, who we talked about last time in the last article. It was involved in efforts to block the certification of President Joe Biden's defeat in, in, of Donald Trump in the November 2020 election. Thompson told the reporters, it's time for us to invite her to come talk. Eastman said in a statement posted to Substack that the emails obtained by the Post amounted to false innuendo based on selective leaks and were irrelevant to the committee hearings. We've noticed that a lot, by the way. From what I've watched from them, from the testimony I've seen, from what I've read, they pick out one or two sentences from each testimony, and and then they cut it along. They cut out just a very small part on the first night, which I think is the only one everyone watched, if if you even watched that one. But the very first night, they cut out part of what Ivanka Trump said about Bill Barr, a very, very small fraction of what was said about Bill Barr and what she said overall, a very small percentage. They cut that out, and they, they, they took that, and they published it. The only thing Ivanka Trump said that night was that she supported Bill Barr. They take this one sentence out of context. They take this one section of the testimony out of context. They take the one thing they have by these witnesses out of context to make it look even worse than it is. Because it's all they have. It's all the left has in the future. But Jenny Thompson, just like they took these emails out of context, published them with only very selective parts published. I can categorically confirm that at no time did I discuss with Mrs. Thompson or Justice Thompson any matter pending or likely to come before the court. We never engaged in such discussions that would not engage in such discussions and did not so and do so in 2020 of December or any time else. Thomas's comments were reported as the committee was holding the public hearing on the events of January 6th, 2021. Thompson said he first learned of her interest in participating in the investigation from a reporter as he left the hearing room. So that's the... That, that, that's Jenny Thomas. I hope she testifies. I'll watch that. I think that'll be the most watched portion of the hearing if they allow her to testify. If they allow her to testify. So we are going to move on. One more thing before the break. You all have seen the new cover photo on your podcast platform. No longer me a year ago in a suit, but rather me in front of my microphone with my new branding on it. Looks nice. I think it looks professional. I think it looks clean. If you like it, let me know. If you don't like it, shut your mouth. No, I'm kidding. But that will be the new look of the conservative crusader moving forward. This is in conjunction with the redfutureradio.com launch. The website is officially launched. We will be bringing more to the website soon. My show's on there. The Samuel McGuire show's on there. The Unapologetically Constitutionally Conservative show is coming very soon. And I'm very excited for that moving forward. Red Future Radio is the future, and especially after being banned on YouTube, especially after having all that taken down, we do need to build an alternative platform, build an alternative establishment. So when we return, we're going to talk about the gun talks that the the Senate is in. We're going to talk about DeSantis on COVID vaccines, DeSantis on gas prices, and some more stuff. We have a lot to get to today. Probably going to be quite a few segments today. Cannot wait. My name is JP Josh. This is the Conservative Crusader on the Red Future Radio Network. Be right back after this. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. This is the Conservative Crusader. 
Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader here on the Red Future Radio Network. Make sure you follow me on social media, GOP Josh 20 on Twitter and Instagram. GOP Josh on Facebook and then especially on Alt Tech, Gab, Getter, Telegram, Parlor, Truth Social, at GOP Josh on all of those platforms. The Republican senator working, the, the head the, the head of the bipartisan negotiations, bipartisan, quote-unquote, the, the talks, John Cornyn, a Republican from Texas, the b- very anti-gun state of Texas, right? He, he's the one leading the, the discussion, leading the conversation. He says there is a problem that the negotiations may fall apart if they drag on as many lawmakers leave Washington for the weekend. Indecision and delay jeopardize the likelihood of a bill because you can't write what is undecided without a bill. And without a bill, there's nothing to vote on. Tweeted Republican Senator John Cornyn of Texas, who was among the lawmakers who left town Thursday. Senators have been racing around the clock to try and nail down the details, translating an agreement announced this past weekend into actual legislative text with fears that the passage of time could slow or halt the momentum to pass the bill. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm not telling you to call your Republican senators that said they'd vote for this bill. I'm not telling you to do that. I'm not telling you to call them and hold up the discussion, say something you want put in. Just hold up the discussion a little bit longer. Just just hold it up until the July 4th break. That's all the American Firearms Association, which I'm not affiliated with, that's all they're asking for, and I'm going to ask the same. So I'm not going to tell you to call them. I'm not going to tell you to do something. I'm not your boss. But I am going to say, if you want to protect your Second Amendment rights, that's a, that's the way to pl- that's the way, that's the place to start. Just making sure they can't get it passed before the July Fourth break. Make sure it halts. Make sure it stops. Stop it in its tracks right now. I'm not telling you to call the Senate. I'm not telling you to to look up the switchboard number and ask for your senator. I'm not asking you to. I'm just giving you options if you want to protect your Second Second Amendment rights. So we have breaking news, actually, as I broadcast today. As I broadcast today from Fox News, unexpected news this morning. The FDA on Friday authorized COVID-19 vaccinations for the first time for children under the age of five and younger. Shots in the arms of roughly 18 million infants to preschoolers could begin as early as next week. The move comes after an advisory panel unanimously recommended the Moderna and Pfizer shots to protect the nation's youngest from the deadly virus. That's from Fox Business. And only one nation or state in the nation has not pre-ordered COVID vaccines for kids. And that is Ron DeSantis. From, this is from Breitbart.com. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis addresses critics who are lambasting the state for standing alone refusing to pre-order vaccines for children under the age of five making it clear that the Florida officials believe the risks outweigh the benefits. However, the government made it clear that people can absolutely exercise the free choice to get the shot for children as they will still have access. DeSantis is taking the right take, the, the right path forward. And this kind of goes along with the tweet I made yesterday. Let me pull it up because I want to read it exact. I want to get it exactly right for you all here on the program. As of now, Trump still has my backing for 2024. DeSantis should finish out his final term as governor and build up an even more 
conservative record first. If President Trump does his term in 2024 to 2028, if he does that term, Ron DeSantis has the Senate for 2024 to, or the, the, the governorship from 2024 to 2026, or 2022 to 2026, obviously, but that those two years, they can work together to make Florida even an even more conservative state. Continue building his record, make Florida the ideal America, and take that to the voters in 2028. And show them the work that the Republican Party of Florida and the work that Ron DeSantis put in made Florida a greater state. This take especially when it comes to the vaccine makes Florida a greater state. And if he can do this for four more years, I will no doubt be backing him for for president. But if he does his second term and he goes wishy-washy, if he does a second term and he runs for president too, too, too short without doing more, I'm still going to back President Trump. So that's Ron DeSantis on that take. Another thing Ron DeSantis is about is calling out Biden for the soaring gas prices, which makes a lot of sense because gas prices are absolutely skyrocketing. The national average is down 0.009 of a dollar today. It's down 0.9 of a cent. So let's applaud President Biden. Let's go, guys. Let's go, President Biden. Thank you for getting it down less than a penny. The, 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 the Democratic National Congressional Committee will make one of the, another one of those posts that says, thanks, Joe Biden. You remember, do you all remember that? When the DNCC or whatever it was called did the post um, about, thanks, Joe Biden, when, it, when the gas prices fell like two cents. That was an hilarious post. And that's, that's what they're going to do. It's all they have is falling two cents. Raised up how much from last year? From just last year, Biden's America three dollars and seven cents. Now it's five dollars, but it went down. A, it went down less than a penny, guys. Let's go, Biden. Let's go, Biden. Biden twenty four, guys. Right? Yeah. And DeSantis slams Biden for the soaring gas prices, telling him to take some responsibility. Now, Florida actually has a lower than the national average gas price. Their average is. $4.85 here in this great, great, great state of Ohio. It's $4.00 uh, around me. It's closer to $4.10 or $5.10. I'm sorry, $5.00 and a penny and $5.10. Florida is $4.08 or 80 cents closer to $4.10 here in my portion of the, of the state. Republican Florida Governor Ron DeSantis called on President Joe Biden to take some responsibility for soaring gas prices at a Thursday press conference. DeSantis argued the administration should lift the roadblocks that are preventing the U.S. from being energy independent, starting by building pipelines and beginning to double down on American energy. He argued shifting to solar energy is not enough to power the economy. We have to start putting the people first over the ideology of the ruling class and the governing elite. The governor criticized Biden Wednesday's letter to seven major oil companies defending they increased the refinery capacity in order to ramp up production. He inherited a situation that was much better. He's made it a lot worse. But he's now complaining about the refinery capacity. You can't get a capacity permit if you wanted to expand capacity. And when you're saying you're going to shut down the industry, you're going to put capital down, you want to expand there when you know the federal government's going to try to kneecap you right out of the starting block. He needs to reverse course here. I don't think he will. 
He argued that the American people are paying the price for soaring gas prices, which have exceeded a national average of $5 per gallon. He then criticized the administration for reportedly downplaying the consumer price index increase of 8.6% in May. I get such a kick out of them saying inflation was 8.6%. And that's not a good number, but it's much higher when you look at things that really count in somebody's everyday life. You look at gasoline, groceries, utilities, all those different things have gone up way more than 8.6%. And the things that have gone up less than that are really are things that really aren't essential as things that really make a significant impact on people's daily lives. That is Ron DeSantis, and he is absolutely right. You know, the president has not came out, taken responsibility. The president has been hiding in his bunker, bunker boy Biden, right? Hiding in his basement, basement boy Biden. And not taking responsibility, not coming out and saying, we made a mistake. If he came out tomorrow or even today, I mean, there's still plenty of time in the day. And he came out and said, we made a mistake. Our attack on energy was a mistake. Our attack on gas was a mistake. Our attack on combustion engine cars was a mistake. If he came out tomorrow and said that, a lot of people, and actually made change. Not just saying, well, we made a mistake, but we're going to continue on the same path we're on. But actually coming out, we made a mistake. It's apologizing, or we're apologizing for the mistake we made, and we're going to change it moving forward. And he actually passes legislation to do that. He actually signs executive orders to do that. That's what's important. And that's what we need. We need someone to show us they are a leader. The president of the United States is supposed to be a leader. We need Biden to show us that leadership that everyone in this country is suffering from the lack of. And Biden refuses to do that. He did admit, however, people are really, really down under his presidency and blaming COVID. President Biden acknowledged Thursday in a new interview that people were not happy under his administration as they were fighting historically high inflation and record high gas prices. Biden blamed COVID for everyone's bad new mood, calling for more mental health in the country. The need for mental health in America, it has skyrocketed because people have seen everything upset, everything they counted on upset, but most of the consequence of what happened, it happened over the consequence of the COVID crisis. No, it's not. It's not because of COVID, it's because of their economics failing. The economic policies by your administration failing so much People can't make ends meet. People can't make their their paychecks. They can't make it to work to get their paychecks. That's not COVID's fault. That's your fault. 57 GOP Josh 7 is our number. 574-675-6747. Call us, leave a message. Anchor.fm slash the conservative crusader slash message. Leave us a message there as well. When we return, a little bit of a midterm update. Because we are going to talk about a specific race because I've been seeing a lot of ads and seeing a lot of commercials about one specific candidate and how we haven't seen one about another candidate. We've we've seen this contested race, this very, very hotly contested race between two very specific people in the state of Ohio. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. One of the candidates is blanketing the airwaves with ads, one of the candidates not doing anything, not campaigning, not not going on TV, and not rebuting the negative ads. We're going to talk about that when we return here on The Conservative Crusader. 
My name is GOP Josh. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. This is The Conservative Crusader. Hey, Josh. This is Andy Bashir fan here. I've been seeing a lot of Tim Ryan ads lately, and I've seen almost zero J.D. Vance ads. It seems like J.D. Vance is almost asleep behind the wheel, missing in action. Do you have any comments on the race or what Vance could do to turn this around? Because I'm starting to think this could affect the race in the future. Thanks. Thank you for the call, Andy Bashir fan on Twitter. Uh, I think it's Dan Campbell 9 um, fan for the at on Twitter. Follow him. And I completely agree. I've seen a lot of commercials about J.D. Vance, but not from the J.D. Vance campaign. And they've all been negative. Um, I'm in the Columbus media market myself, and I've seen J.D. Vance, or, or sorry, Tim Ryan blanketing the the TVs. Every, every TV screen, Jeopardy, the, the morning news, every market of, of television in, in the city of Columbus is blasted with J.D. Vance ads, and most of them aren't telling the truth. I have two in specific. Um, I'm going to talk about one about his neighborhood and how he doesn't answer to any political party, and then we're going to play the second one after that. So here's the first clip, and we're getting an ad. We're getting an ad on an ad. What are the odds? Thank you, YouTube. I hate your platform so much. Okay, we are going to listen to this ad by J.D. or Tim Ryan about his neighborhood. Growing up around Youngstown, my mom raised us on her own. This whole neighborhood felt like family. So when Obama's trade deal threatened jobs here, I voted against it. And I voted with Trump on trade. I don't answer to any political party. I answer to the folks I grew up with and the families like yours all across Ohio. I'll work with either party to cut costs and pass a middle-class tax cut because you deserve some breathing room. I don't know the exact accuracy behind the claim that he voted with Trump on, on trade and he voted against Obama's trade. I don't know the exact accuracy to that. What I do know is that he's voted with Barack Obama, or, or sorry, Joe Biden, 99 or 100% of the time since Joe Biden's took, taken the office. He's voted with Nancy Pelosi 99 or 96% of the time. He's not a bipartisan guy. He's a pure left radical. But the problem is J.D. Vance isn't using, using his Peter Thiel resources to combat this. I didn't back J.D. Vance in the primary. Obviously, I think many of you know that, but I'm, I, I'm supporting him in the general because he's better than Tim Ryan. He's better than this lying buffoon. One, one lying buffoon versus another. I wouldn't say J.D. Vance is a buffoon, but Tim Ryan is, let's be honest. And his ads are, are completely false, but, but J.D. Vance isn't, isn't disputing them. He's going basically free on the TV, unleashing everything, all of the articles, all of ev- everything like that is, and all of the, the ads are just about Tim Ryan's great policy and the bad policy of J.D. Vance. Here's a second one. This one is, a, is directly attacking J.D. Vance, recorded by a sheriff in Stark County. I love serving my community as sheriff. So when J.D. Vance calls law enforcement corrupt, it makes me angry. That makes my job harder. So does J.D.'s plan to eliminate an agency that combats violent drug traffickers. Tim Ryan knows defunding the police is ridiculous. He's brought back $467 million to put good cops on the street. I trust Tim Ryan to keep our communities safe. 
I'm Tim Ryan, and That's I approve this message. That's the whole commercial. Saying that J.D. Vance were to defund, wants to defund the police, and we're going to fact check that really quick from the Tim Ryan campaign. They sourced a tweet published on the second month, so February 1st. And his tweet is, in a quote tweet to Adam Credo, a Biden administration stockpiling records on nearly $1 billion U.S. gun sales, firearm ownership. ATF admits it has massive database detailing Americans' firearm sales far more than previously disclosed. Here's what J.D. Vance said. Why does the Biden administration need this info? Relatively, why does the ATF actually exist? If you're a cartel running drugs and guns on our southern border, Biden doesn't care. But if you buy a gun legally, you get tracked by the ATF. Just get rid of it. That's what he said. That's his public on-the-record statement, still publishable on his Twitter account today. I saw that today, or yesterday, I should say, last night, preparing for this segment. This is a, a live J.D. Vance tweet, still live to this day, or at least until last night. And that's not what he said. The ad says specifically. Let, let's. That makes my job harder. So does J.D.'s plan to eliminate an agency that combats violent drug traffickers. He said on the tweet, if they don't. Uh, if they don't arrest the people trafficking drugs, trafficking guns, what's the point? That's it's exactly what he said. Not a, an exact quote, but that's that's what he was getting at. This is his point from what I can gather. I'm not speaking for him. That's just my the point he's gathering. So why is J.D. Vance, why is Protect Ohio Values not running and blanketing the television markets, Columbus, Toledo, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Dayton, Youngstown? Why are they not blanketing this with true commercials pointing out Tim Ryan's failures? This isn't going to be a walk in the park campaign because Tim Ryan is running a lot like Sherrod Brown. Sherrod Brown obviously beat out uh, Jim Renacci by a large margin in 2020, or sorry, 2018. So we're going to see a, t- a close race. It's going to be closer than expected. And if J.D. Vance doesn't get out there, start campaigning, start running commercials, start telling the truth and combating Tim Ryan's lies, well, frankly, folks, we might see a Senator Tim Ryan. And I don't want that. That's why he's in it back, J.D. Vance. I don't think, I, I didn't think he was the best candidate to combat Tim Ryan, who has major resources, major history, I didn't think he was the best candidate to combat that. That's why I didn't back him. That's one of the many reasons I didn't back him. And one of the main issues in the midterms is something he could be pressuring on. Because Tim Ryan's full into this January 6th insurrection thing. Preserving democracy, according to a Fox News poll, which oversamples Democrats every time, says the Republican Party is better at preserving democracy than the Democratic Party. On a poll ran from the 10th through the 13th, a three percentage point margin of error, the issues voters say the GOP handles better, inflation, border security, crime, foreign policy, and preserving democracy. 51% of the polled say the Republican Party handles preserving democracy better than the the Democratic Party. So why is he not running on that? Why is he not running on foreign policy, crime, border security, inflation? Why is he not running about Tim Ryan and and the Democratic Party's connections to China? 
Why is he not running on on Biden's weak on China policy? He's not running commercials. I, I, I don't watch that much broadcast television. I don't watch that much um, 10 TV, uh, CBS, NBC, ABC, the stuff you get over on 10. I don't watch much of that. But I do know that what I do watch, I see Tim Ryan commercials and not J.D. Vance. And what I do see for, about J.D. Vance is not positive. This is his race to lose, and he's losing it. So the left-wing salon paper, if you've ever heard of that, the GOP is the world's largest white supremacist group and a de facto terrorist organization. White America, which is too comfortable with the suffering of black people, needs to be purged of its allegiance to white supremacy and should be ashamed by the, uh, after the Buffalo mass shooting, according to a recent Salon piece that accuses the GOP of being a de facto terrorist organization and the world's largest white supremacist group. The Tuesday essay titled A Month After Buffalo is White America Ashamed or Has It Already Forgotten and penned by Salon staff writer Shawnee DeVega bears a subheading white supremacist delusions that drove Buffalo shooters are now in the GOP mainstream. So much of a reckoning. DeVega begins by claiming the mass shooting in Buffalo last month that killed 10 people has been all but washed away by the outrushing torrent of the news cycle if not entirely forgotten. For black people, Buffalo offered one of the more examples of extra uh, existential terror one more illustration that black people in America cannot safely do the mo- most mundane things without facing the danger of racist violence. He also claims that white America has forgotten about the incident and became too comfortable with the minis- min- uh, misery, pain, and death of black Americans. What? This piece is deranged. I mean, I- I'm just reading from the Breitbart overview of it, so it could say a lot more, but the the, the left is deranged. We're We're, we're not a white supremacist terrorist organization, a political party in America. No political party in America is a white supremacist terrorist organization. And I'm not going on the, maybe we have black people in the Republican Party. I'm just saying we're, we're simply not. I don't know any Republicans that back white supremacy. Personally, at least. And I know quite a few Republicans. I know many Republicans, actually. They don't back white supremacy. They don't back terrorism. The left is the one weak on crime. The left is the one that that wants to focus more on January 6th than they do China terrorism, focus more on January 6th than they do Afghanistan. But I digress. When we return from one more break today, we have something about the schools, the inside of the schools and transgender issues. Once again, going back to Pride Month, because this is... Pride Month, whatever you want to call that. My name is GOP Josh. This is the Conservative Crusader. Make sure you go to redfutureradio.com. We have officially launched the website. It's pretty clean. It looks pretty good. I like it. Turned out pretty well, I believe. Pretty professional. So check it out. Redfutureradio.com. R-E-D-F-U-T-O-R-E-R-A-D-I-O.com. This is GOP Josh with the Conservative Crusader. Stay tuned right after this. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. This is the Conservative Crusader. A school district is telling teachers to hide their students' gender transitions from their parents. Last week, the Daily Wire investigative reporter Mara Red Elordi undiscovered a startling omission from a white a Wisconsin school district 
She joined, joined the Daily Wire's Morning Wire podcast in an exclusive interview to discuss the school's district push to high gender transitions from their students, or from their parents, I'm sorry, their students' transitions. The E. Eau Claire Area School District in western Wisconsin held a training session for their staff in February. And a slide from a presentation during that training told teachers that parents are not entitled to know their kids' identities. The slide was first obtained by the conservative watchdog group Empower Wisconsin and then reviewed by Alority from the Daily Wire. Uh, Alority revealed to the Morning Wire host John Bickley and Georgia Howe that the directive from Al Declare um, School District also told the teachers that knowledge of stu- children's gender identities must be earned by parents. She she commented, the training went on to say the teachers are often straddling this complex situation and said the district's priority is supporting the students. In 2022 America, teachers or parents, I'm sorry, are not entitled to know what their kid identifies as. What their kid, If their kid thinks that they are a man versus a woman or thinks they're a woman when they are born a man, parents aren't entitled to know that. Parents are must be earned. Their their ability to see what their child thinks in that term must be earned. Must be earned. Think of that. Think think of of, of being a parent in, in 2021 America or 2022 America and talking to your kid. What'd you learn at school today? I'm not. Uh, I I learned about uh, um 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 gender. What's your gender? I'm not telling you. I said, what's your gender? I'm not telling you. So, so the parent calls the school, right? Hey, um, my kid told me they learned about gender today in school today. Can you explain anything? They said, no, you're not entitled to know. What do you mean I'm not entitled to know? You're not entitled to know what your kid thinks about gender. What do you mean I'm not entitled to know what my kid thinks? This isn't a specific age group. This is all kids who may think these kids could need actual help, serious help. The parent knows the kid best. The parent has been with the kid since it first departed from the uterus. From the womb. That is deranged. How is this able to be a serious training initiative in 2022? It's only going to get worse. That is disgusting. Absolutely disgusting and despicable. But a school that decided to fly BLM and LGBTQIA plus alphabet community flags cannot call itself Catholic, the bishop says. The Nevedity School of Worcestershire um, flew the Black Lives Matter flag and the LGBTQ plus IA plus 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 LLBV the alphabet community flags, they flew it above their school building. Um, let's see here, yeah. I, I, I clicked out of the article. The stark dual-color letters of the Black Lives Matter flag and the black rainbow stripes of the pride flag had flown over, the article keeps disappearing, above the Massachusetts Catholic school for more than a year before the local bishop re- registered his opposition. The Black Lives Matter flag, Bishop Bishop Robert McManus said on Amble in April has been co-opted by some factions which could instill broad brush distru- dis- distrust of police. 
in the LGBTQIA plus 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 QSB alphabet community flag. We're also proud to have signed an executive order on my first day in office to combat discrimination against LGBTQLI, excuse me, plus Americans. The the LGBTQLI, excuse me, plus Americans flag could be used to contrast church teaching that a marriage is between a man and a woman. When the Navidity School of uh, Worcester did not budge, McManus issued a severe ruling. This tuition-free middle school, which serves boys facing economic hardship, can no longer identify itself as Catholic because the flags are inconsistent with Catholic teaching. The flying of these flags in front of a Catholic school sends a mixed, confusing, and scandalous message to the public about the church's stance on these important moral and social issues. Despite my insistence that the school administration remove these flags because of the confusion they properly theological scandal, they do and can promote, they refuse to do so. So the school is no longer a Catholic school. This is kind of similar to Pelosi no longer receiving communion for her abortion stance, which I I also support. If the schools are getting political, that's one thing. I don't support that, but that's one thing. If the schools are getting political against their teaching, if they're a religious school, that's another thing. So I applaud the bishop for this. What I don't applaud is Drag Queen Storytime Hour. We've talked about this on the program. The Michigan Michigan Attorney General says drag queens make everything better, suggesting drag queens for every school. I know we have some some parents in the audience listening to the program on on the radio, on, on the podcast, on the live stream. How would you feel, parents, if you went to pick up your kid from school? Hey, daughter, what'd you do today in school? Uh, we, we watched a man dress up as a woman and, and, and shake his, you know, what in our face. What? Yeah, um, he, he, he showed us his, his, his talent. What talent? He danced around and, and, and told us stories. Could you imagine a man dressed up as a woman going into your child's school, dancing and, and, and putting specific things around everywhere, right? Could you imagine that? This is the Michigan Attorney General. Reportedly said Wednesday that drag queens make everything better and that there should be a drag queen for every school during an event in Lansing. Nestle, who was the first openly gay person elected to statewide office in Michigan, made the comments during a civil rights conference while speaking out against what she describes as an effort to divide Americans that Craig Mauger of the Detroit News reported on Twitter. Drag queens make everything better. Drag queens are fun, she said, according to Mauger, a drag queen for every school. Mauger wrote that Nestle acknowledged the drag queens for every school line had not been poll tested. The Michigan Attorney General Office did not immediately respond to Fox News Digital's request for clarification of her comments. Nestle's comments come amid heightened national tension surrounding the presence of drag queen and kings at events marketed towards children. Drag queens for every school, folks. That's what we're up against. That's why I talked yesterday about the poll of the Ohio or the Michigan GOP candidates and who is going to possibly win that because that's that's what you'll have to support. You'll have to support either I don't I don't know the the polling in Michigan if there's an independent or anything. But right now the Republicans leading are are good Republicans. They're not rhinos like Dewine, and you'll have to back them and you'll have to back the Attorney General candidates. The, the good attorney general candidates that will stop this. So there's a bill in Ohio, which I kind of wanted to talk about this when I talked about the midterms, but I kind of changed up their formatting a little bit. And it's the anti-trans kids playing in, in their preferred gender sport if it's a man playing with a woman. 
right? When House Democrats and medical professionals gathered for a press call Thursday morning, they did not hold back their outrage. To our Republicans colleagues who say our children's genitalia are none of your business, said Representative Beth Liston from Dublin, HB1B1 is a, HB151 isn't a conservative bill. It's a dangerous bill that will harm all kids. House Republicans passed the Save Women's Sports Act on June 1st, the first day of Pride Month. It happened as a last-minute floor amendment attached to House Bill 151, which focuses on education. According to the bill's language, if a student's uh, athlete's gender is called into, a, into question, that athlete will have to go undergo an internal and external exam of reproductive anatomy and have a blood test to determine the testosterone levels and genetic makeup. Uh, the extreme legislation, which would require children to have genital exams to play high school sports, is nothing short of state-sanctioned abuse, said Representative Jessica Miranda, D. of Forest Park. The two lawmakers were joined on Thursday morning's call by Dr. Anita Somalia, OBGYN at Ohio Health, and Dr. Patria Goetz, Patricia Goetz, child and adolescent uh, psychiatrist at Cleveland Clinic's Mercy Hospital. They all expressed concern about the impact this bill could have on student-athletes in the state if the bill were to become law. I can only imagine the trauma of a middle school or high school girl would, would experience first on being accused of not being a true girl, having to go an invasive and painful exam to, in order to prove a complete stranger that her genitals meet their expectations. I have a question. Has anyone in this that's, that's in this bill ever taken a physical? The, the average sports or work physical that you have to take to, to work or play high school sports? I've taken one. I've taken a couple, actually. And I know there's one thing that, that can happen and does happen on occasion is they they analyze a specific part of your body. I don't know if they do it for women or not. I'm not a woman, but I know they do for man, for men. What's the difference? Tell me what's the difference left. Tell me what's the difference besides the the um besides the, the politicization of it. Tell me what's the difference. They can't. There is no difference really. There's one high school girl who plays in men's sports or identifies as a girl, but it's a man. We're not going to give you that story because we're not, we're not Fox News. We don't give you the positive stories of transgenderism, the stories that are meant to come out as positive to, to counteract the, the truth. We're not Fox News for a reason. We're not giving you that, that, that bleep, right? We're not going to do it. 57 GOP Josh 7 is our number. 574-675-6747. Quick programming notes. There will not be a live show or a podcast on the 20th. Um, I- I'm celebrating Juneteenth, folks. <laughs> no. Uh, some of my family's off for Juneteenth, so we're doing a little bit of a, a personal celebration for that. Not not Juneteenth, but just, just overall hanging out with each other. So I will not be in the studio at 10 a.m. on Monday morning. But Tuesday, we'll be back with a brand, brand spanking new podcast episode for you all. Brand new spanking radio show for you all. My name is Joe P. Josh. This has been the Conservative Crusader on the Red Future Radio Network. Follow me on social media, Joe P. Josh 20. Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook is Joe P. Josh, along with Gab Getter Teller. Tel- Telegram Parlor and Truth Social is all at Joe P. Josh as well. My name is Joe P. Josh. This has been the Conservative Crusader. Thank you for a great week of shows. My name is Joe P. Josh, and stay tuned. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. 